0: My name is Mike Decker. Say hello, Mike Decker. (laughs) Welcome to the Palm Harvest broadcast. Wherever you might be tuning in from, we're super glad. I'm super glad that you've decided to join me. In our series called Words, W-O-R-D-S Words, every week we're looking at two or three words to consider. Well, today for our conversation, the two words that I invite you to chew on are these. So if you're taking notes, whether it be in your Palm Harvest app or if you're doing old school on paper, the words are lifestyle, lifestyle, and the second word is the word model. Lifestyle and model. Now, here's the kind of the big idea of our conversation today. And that is, my lifestyle models. Your lifestyle models. Lifestyle and models. My lifestyle models. You got it. You know, it's Father's Day weekend, so happy Father's Day to all of you dads who are tuning in today. And dads, I'm going to make the assumption by the fact that you are listening or watching to this broadcast that you probably want to grow to be in your role as a good role model, yes, to your son or daughter. Can I assume that? Well, I've got some good news and some bad news and some good news for you. Are you ready? Can I lay it on you? The good news is you are already a role model in your son or daughter's life. That's good news. God has already placed you into a kind of a position where you can positively shape your son or daughter's life. That's good news. It's a tremendous honor, yes. Well, here's the bad news. The bad news is that your bad traits and your maybe even your character weaknesses are also will likely be passed on to your son or daughter. That's bad news. But the good news is you and I are not alone. Hallelujah, right? With God's help, if we want it, He will help us to be a good role model. So I think that's probably why you're tuning in today. I'm assuming that. So here's the good news. We are gonna look at a passage of scripture today that is likely gonna be very familiar to many of you. And in this story, which ironically is our Christmas story, we often read it around Christmas time, we are going to see at least four qualities that Jesus' dad Joseph modeled. Now, we're only probably going to have time today to look at three of those qualities, but we'll see how it goes. But if you have your Bible, turn into the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1. Matthew chapter one, like I said, this story is should be familiar to many of you. And as I read this story, I going mean, I read it in, in its entirety, I want you to look for, again, four qualities, but we're really gonna probably only talk about three of them that Jesus's dad, Joseph, modeled for his son. Okay, so Matthew chapter one, I'm gonna start reading at verse 18, this is what we read. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. He did as an angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. Now write this down, point number one in your notes. Your palm harvest app, write this down. I think one of the qualities that we can identify here that Joseph modeled is the quality which I am calling purposeful forgiveness. Joseph modeled purposeful forgiveness. Dads, do you want to be a positive influence on the life of your son or daughter? Then model for them, with God's help, purposeful forgiveness. Now look again at verse 19 here in this story. You know, here in this Bible story, we can read how Joseph, Jesus' dad, is what kind of a man? What's it say? He is a a righteous man, right? Translation, Joseph is a man who loves his creator, God. Joseph is a man who, who takes the high road. Joseph is a man who seeks to honor God in every decision that he makes. And in every action that he takes. Joseph, we're told here in verse 19, is a righteous man, so I'm making the assumption that he was likely honest in all of his business dealings. He was someone who was truthful with his words. I suspect that Joseph was likely a man who treated everyone with respect regardless of their race or their color or even their occupation. You know, I don't know I don't know how many of you have ever been betrayed by a close friend. I don't know if any of you have ever felt the sting that Joseph felt of a fiance or maybe a husband or a wife who was sexually unfaithful to you. Rich is really, which is really the, the situation that we read here in this Bible story because we're told that Mary and Joseph were, were engaged to be married, Right? But before the wedding could take place, we read here how Mary gets pregnant. Basically, Joseph's fiance, Mary, she cheats on him. That's kind of what it looks like, right? And sadly, I suspect that some of you know firsthand what that pain feels like. Have you ever been burned by somebody who you trusted? You know, have you ever felt the desire to retaliate, you know, to hit back, to to hurt the person who maybe hurt you? Well, if you have, you might be able to place yourself in Joseph's shoes. But I want you to notice that Joseph's response is not retaliation, is it? Rather, the Bible writer tells us that because Joseph is a righteous man, I mean, translation, Joseph has likely this intimate relationship with God, instead of demanding that Mary be stoned to death, which was what was allowed and maybe even encouraged according to Jewish religious law, instead, what did Joseph do? He turned the other cheek, right? The Bible says here that Joseph basically offers Mary forgiveness by deciding to break off the engagement. How? What's it say? Quietly. Now think about this. Fast forward now into Jesus's life. Do y'all remember the story of the woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8? Maybe you want to flip there now in your Bibles if you, if, just to check out the story. In John chapter 8, we can read how Jesus is now an adult. He is on his preaching ministry. And this woman who was caught in the act of adultery is brought to him by the religious leaders of that day. You're familiar with the story. And then basically they want Jesus to condemn her, right? Because according to the Jewish law, she should be killed. She should be stoned for this sexual sin that she has committed. And so really what they're looking for in John chapter eight is for Jesus to endorse their desire to end her life. So how did Jesus respond? Well, the Bible tells us that Jesus stoops down, he pauses, maybe takes a deep breath, you know? And he stoops down, and the Bible says he begins to to write, write in the dust, in the dirt. What did Jesus write? Do you all remember? What does the Bible say that Jesus wrote in the dust? Well, if you're familiar with the story, you know that the Bible doesn't tell us what Jesus wrote in the dust, does he? In fact, we can only guess, and if you read any kind of Bible scholars, everybody has an opinion, and guess what? I, too, have an opinion. You wanna hear it? You wanna know what I think Jesus wrote in the dust when he was encountered with this adulterous woman? I think Jesus wrote four letters, very simply, four letters. Anybody want to guess what those letters were? I think they were the letters WWJD. WWJD, which stands for what? What would Joseph do? What would my dad do? I can't help but wonder in this situation with this woman caught in adultery if maybe Jesus in that moment didn't think of his own mother, Mary, and maybe put her in the sandals of this woman who is now lying in the dust waiting for her fate. I mean, certainly we can assume that Jesus had been told the story of his miraculous birth, can we not? how his mom, Mary, had become divinely pregnant and how Joseph, his earth dad, stuck by her side. Friends, symbolically, I am suggesting that in this story with this woman caught in adultery that Mary, Jesus' mom, is that woman. And I think Jesus responded the way he saw his stepdad, Joseph, respond Probably in a lot of different ways. Jesus offers her purposeful forgiveness. Like father, like son. My lifestyle models. Think of the story, John 8. How did Jesus respond? He said, Well, he who was out sin cast the first stone, right? And the Bible says that the, the oldest. Beginning with the oldest to the youngest, they begin to walk away. One by one, the Bible says they drop their stone and they walk away and then suddenly there's no one there. So Jesus asks the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one stick around to condemn you? No, Lord, she responds. And Jesus says, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Church, from whom... From whom did Jesus learn such grace and compassion? I suggest to you that it was from his dad, his stepdad, Joseph. Because I propose to you, that's how Joseph likely related to Mary, not just in this moment of pregnancy, but also probably throughout his life as long as Jesus lived in his household. I think that's the kind of love that Joseph displayed in their home that Joseph extended to to Mary. And so not surprisingly, Jesus follows his dad's example, WWJD, reinforcing this big idea that my lifestyle models. You know, go further into Jesus's life. Think about when Jesus was hanging on the cross, right? Shedding his blood for your sins and mine. If you look at Luke chapter 23, verse 34, I think it is. Jesus, he's praying on on the cross and and the Bible, I think it's verse 34, records this prayer that Jesus prays. Basically, what does Jesus say? Heavenly Father, please forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Translation, Jesus, God, my Heavenly Father, please help me be like my dad. God, my Heavenly Father, please help me be like my earthly dad and extend forgiveness just the way dad did to mom. Dads, listen to me. Your lifestyle models And when you extend forgiveness, when you model forgiveness, guess what? Your son and daughter, they're going to take note. When you offer to other people grace and compassion, guess what? Your family, they're going to do the same. But hear me on this. Dads, when you and I model bitterness, when you and I are unforgiving and we hold on to grudges, guess what? That sticks too. And so what do you want to model for your kids? Do you want to model forgiveness or do you want to model spite? It's your choice. It's my choice. But I got good news. With God's help, you and I can be a dad who practices purposeful forgiveness. And so will you pray a prayer with me, a couple prayers today? Palms open, heart open, mind open. Take a deep breath. Kind of exhale. Calm yourself. Picture yourself before the, Jesus as he sits on the throne in heaven and offer up this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, please help me to practice forgiveness. Jesus, please help me to model Forgiveness. Now let's stay here for a second. Who do you need to forgive? Anybody come to mind? Is there buddy, dad, is there anybody in your life who you've had a hard time letting go of? If someone comes to your mind right now, I just, again, want you to stop. This is between you and God, and I challenge you right now to ask God to help you forgive that person. You say, Mike, I don't want to forgive that person. Mike, you have no idea what this person has done to me or how they've hurt me or how they wounded me or what the kind of carnage they've caused in my life. And my response is, you're right, I don't. But what do you want to model for your son? What do you want to model for your daughter? Will you forgive? Or at the very least, will you ask God to help you to want to forgive? Right now, just palms open, heart open, mind open, in faith. Say, God, will you please help me to forgive? Will you please help me to let go? Will you please help me to practice purposeful forgiveness? Amen. Good. Point number two. A second quality that I think we can see here in this Bible story is how Joseph... Jesus' dad gives us a model of how to pray. Joseph models, write this down, purposeful prayer. You know, if you look at your Bible here at verse 20, we're told here that Joseph, the Bible writer tells us here in verse 20 that Joseph considers this, right? Upon learning the news of, of Mary's pregnancy, Joseph considers kind of breaking off this engagement quietly, right? And we're told that as he's considering this, that he's visited by an angel in a dream to kind of give him some direction, or at least an invitation for a direction for next steps. Dads, I want to submit to you that when you and I intentionally invite God into our thinking, when you invite God into your decision making, I want to submit to you that you are praying. You can be in your car, driving down the road, thinking about a decision you need to be making. If you say, God, will you come and be a part of this decision, you are actually praying. We can see here in verse 20 how Joseph is modeling purposeful prayer. Remember, we're told that he's a righteous man. Joseph is a guy who invites God into his situation. And in this particular case, he invites God into his dilemma. He's mulling things over with God. He's thinking about his options with God. He's putting deliberate forethought into what his next step is going to be. Consequently, I don't think it should surprise really any of us that Jesus also prayed, If you turn to the Gospel of Luke and you look at chapter 11, verse 1, you can read how after Jesus spent some time in praying, his disciples come to him and they ask him the question, Jesus, will you teach us how to what? Teach us how to pray. Why? Because Jesus practiced purposeful prayer. Why? Why? Because that's the example that he saw his dad do. Healthy dads... Strong-rooted families have men who practice and model purposeful prayer. So let's do that again right now. Will you do that? Poems open, heart open, mind open. Just pray this very simple prayer in, in your heart. Just say, Heavenly Father, please help me to be a better prayer. Heavenly Father, please help me to slow down and invite you into everything. So think about this. Are any of you tuning in today? Are you facing any kind of important decisions? What well, comes to your mind? So pray this prayer to say, Heavenly Father, please guide me. Please guide me. Maybe some of you tuning in today. Maybe some of you are feeling overwhelmed with emotion. Maybe something is just consuming your, your, your heart with worry. Very simply, be practice purposeful prayer. Say, God, please strengthen me. God, please hold me up. I want you to think, dads, of your son or daughter today. And I want you in this moment right now to ask God to be involved in your son or daughter's life. Okay, so just think of them by name. And again, just say, God, would you pour out your favor upon my, you fill in the blank, son or daughter, put their name in there. God, right now, would you just pour out your love upon and extend your favor to them? God, I pray today on this Father's Day weekend that you would protect, fill in the blank. Let's go a little bit deeper. I wonder if any of you tuning in today are at odds in your relationship with your son or daughter. You know, maybe as you're listening to me today, you would, if we were to sit down here in my living room and talk, you would say, you know, Mike, my son and daughter, I haven't talked to my son or I haven't talked to my daughter in X amount of time. We just don't like, we just, we just had this breakdown and and we just don't communicate anymore. We're not talking to you. Can I encourage you to pray this prayer? Palms open, heart open, mind open, in faith, simply just say, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, please mend my broken relationship with what's the name of your son? What's the name of your daughter? Heavenly Father, please heal our relationship. Good. <laughs> Amen. Dads are lifestyle models. All right? Point number three, there's one more quality that I want you to consider as we wrap up this conversation today. It's a quality that we can see Joseph practicing here in this Bible story. Do you know what it is? It's what I call bigger cause living. I think Joseph modeled for his son, Jesus. We see it here, and I'm convinced that as he began to raise his son, Jesus, and to be the man that he was, I'm convinced that Joseph practiced what I'm calling purposeful, bigger cause living. Think about this. What do you think Joseph had to give up to wed Mary? You ever thought about that? Or maybe another way of asking that question is, what do you think Joseph lost as a result of his marriage with Mary? I mean, the Bible tells us that he's a righteous man, right? He's a righteous man who's now engaged to a young, pregnant teenage girl. So if Joseph is going to marry this young, pregnant girl... What's the assumption that people are going to make? What's the assumption that you're going to make? Well, the assumption that I would make is that Joseph got Mary pregnant, didn't he? Joseph and Mary were fooling around. Joseph and Mary were enjoying a little premarital hanky-panky, wink, wink. And now Mary's pregnant, right? Mary has lost her virginity, or so it seems, and with her pregnancy and with this upcoming marriage, what does Joseph lose? I suggest that Joseph loses his righteous reputation, doesn't he? Friends, remember that Joseph. His bloodline comes from the family tree of King David. King David is the most revered king in the history of the nation of Israel, still to this day. And so Joseph, with his righteous reputation, he was likely viewed as someone special, as someone who had the world, a world of options at his feet. And yet with this prayerful decision that me makes, with this willful submission, prayerful decision, willful submission, prayerful decision, willful submission to God's kingdom assignment, just like that, Joseph was suddenly thrust into a world of anonymity, into a life of obscurity, making his living as a wood carpenter. Friends, that's a long way from the palace. Joseph lived his life with this understanding that more was going on, didn't he? Joseph lived his life with with this assurance that God had this kingdom agenda. And so Joseph, he sacrifices his reputation. Much like his son later on the cross sacrifices his life for a greater cause, Joseph also sacrifices everything he has and he models for us purposeful, bigger cause living. You know, the Bible tells us it's really no surprise, is it, that Jesus would be described as someone who came to serve, not to be served? That Jesus would ask from his disciples, from you and me, to be leaders who wash people's feet, not to push ourselves to the front of the line? How did Jesus become such a man? How did he develop these character qualities in his life? Is it too much of a stretch of an imagination to think that Jesus learned it from his dad? That Jesus learned bigger cause living from Joseph? Church, I submit to you that Joseph just developed these core values and shaped these core values into the life of his son. One more thought. The Bible also tells us, remember this, it's the last verse here in in this passage, how Joseph does not have sex with Mary until after Jesus is born. They're married, he's got every right to, and yet still he chooses not to have sex with Mary. Why? I submit to you it's because Joseph wanted to ensure that God the Heavenly Father got credit for this pregnancy. Yes? Do you know what we call that? We call that bigger cause living. Now think about this. To try to put yourself in Joseph's sandals, think about something that you love dearly. Now, For your grandparents, how many of you would find it hard to have nine months away from your grandkids? Would that be a sacrifice? Or for those of you who love to go out to eat or go to the movies, if you couldn't do that for nine months, would that be a challenge? Or how about for those of you who like to read books or maybe watch movies or Netflix or even just do anything on social media like this? If you couldn't do that for my nine months, would that cause any frustration for you? Where do we see Jesus? Think about this. Where do we see Jesus practicing bigger cause living? How about when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's facing the cross? Remember the prayer that Jesus prayed? God, I don't want to do it. God, I don't want to go to the cross because I know it's going to hurt. I know it's going to be painful, but I will. Because that's what my dad would do. Dads, as I wrap this up, I want you to ask yourself the question and think about this, not just this weekend, but maybe this next week and maybe even this next month, what does bigger cause living look like for you? Here's some words that I invite you to mull on and meditate on and think about this coming week. In fact, maybe you wanna just can write them down somewhere in a piece of paper close by. These are words which I think illustrate bigger cause living. You ready? How about the word acquiesce? Yield. Submit. Comply. Surrender. To serve someone else's agenda, not my own to turn the other cheek, to go the extra mile, to do more than what was asked, to do more than what was requested, to give away the credit, to prop other people up, to be someone else's cheerleader. Humility. Church, I wanna submit that Jesus learned these qualities from his dad. I believe that Jesus was raised in a home where these qualities were cherished and valued. And so it doesn't surprise me in the least that we see these qualities showcased in Jesus' ministry. Why? Because my lifestyle models. So, Dad, in closing, I just want to remind you again, not that I need to, but I'm going to remind you that your kids are watching. Dads, your kids are emulating. And so the question that you need to ask yourself, I invite you to ask yourself, and the question that I ask myself today as well is, am I living for myself? Or am I living for something bigger than myself? Friends, with God's help, you and I can. So again, palms open, heart open, mind open. Will you pray this prayer with humility and sincerity? Say, Heavenly Father, please help me to model bigger cause living. Dads, say, God, please help me to be like Joseph and to model bigger cause living. Please help me to be a dad who models for my children generosity and selflessness and servant leadership. God, I wanna be a dad who models for my kids a lifestyle of fruitfulness, yes? I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who we read about throughout the scriptures. Amen and amen. Well, happy Father's Day, men. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'll see you next week.